Welcome to the Artists in the Ambulance Revisited Podcast, where we, thrice, take you on a conversational journey with guests and friends about both the recording of the original album as well as the new one. Look around and you see that at times it feels like no one really cares. And I started singing You Can Pick Me Off the Ground, where everyone is a part of it and doing for me what I've done and like writing the song and sharing it. Make sure to check out the new album anywhere you buy or stream music and come and celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Artist in the Ambulance with us on tour. See all tour dates on thrice.net. So Fire Breather uh, is, I think, very almost like a sister song to this where the same idea, the, the getting burnt to the stake kind of thing for saying the thing that somebody doesn't want you to say. Thank you for your many years of support and love for this album. We cherish it as much as you do. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Um, Welcome to another edition of The Artist in the Ambulance Revisited, the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the lyrics from the record uh, and thoughts on them back in the day and how they're holding up now. I'm joined uh, by my friend, Andy Lara. hey Uh If any of you listen to uh, my podcast, Andy helped me with that, Carry the Fire, and uh, yeah, does lots of podcast things if you need a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. We got a lot of requests to bring that back. Yeah, and we did some kind of fun little lyric things on there, so I thought it'd be fun to have you on and uh, talk through this record. It was actually, it was fun to go back and read everything kind of straight through after all the years of growing up with the album, and then um, it really, I actually really felt like there a much more clear theme kind of painted across the whole album that I didn't really pick up on before, which may or may not even be true, but it's like, from you know my perspective looking at it, I'm like, oh, I, I feel like there's a there's a thing here. And so I'm I'm kind of excited to get into it and, and see if that, that turns out to be true. So Yeah, well I'm curious about that because that's always like uh I pick up on those like after I write a record and then twenty years later I will have forgotten what I picked up even then. So um, <laughs> nice. usually it's it's not uh all on purpose or it like starts to come together near the end. But yeah. 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 That's great. Yeah, something that too like overarching before we get into each one is I realized like uh, we, we just revisited uh, the illusion of safety when we did a couple uh, shows last year uh, at Furnace Fest and then out in Anaheim. Um, you know, I'm obviously in a very different place just mentally than I was uh, 20 years ago and thoughts about a lot of things. Um, but I realized if you, you know, you're writing about humanity about people and uh things are gonna hold up better than you think a lot of times because even if you're writing with like a specific thing in mind right um writing about the way that people interact with the world a lot of the time and later on you're gonna be able to be like oh i might have been thinking about that but it also applies to this and applies to me when i was writing it and it applies to like uh yeah and and a lot of times it applies to like uh I don't know, uh, anyone, even though you were kind of, you know, maybe I was seeing it like, oh, this, these people, they, they're doing this thing. And then you zoom out and you're like, oh, I was doing that thing too. Just from a different yeah. angle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice. When you, yeah. It's nice when you can, when you can look back and realize like, you know, yeah, if I had, if I had just been writing, you know what I mean? And there's so many songs where someone wrote about a specific circumstance, you know, that they went through and then you're like, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of just, that's just a dated thing now. You know, it's like, I, I did this thing in this one circumstance with this person or whatever. And years later, you're like, Oh yeah, it just, it does seem so irrelevant, but meaningful to, at the time to maybe who listened to it and it might carry a little bit of weight, but it is different when it feels like you're, you're maybe subconsciously writing to a broader theme, but how it also is how you're viewing the world and the way the world is being kind of viewed through others is, um, yeah, it's evergreen it tends to like, yeah, well, I'm, I'm always trying to write kind of layered and nuanced so that even if I have a pretty specific thing that I'm thinking of, it can be uh interpreted in some other ways sometimes not so much but uh speaking of which this first song is, <laughs> is more on the nose i think than than a lot uh sure. cold cash and colder hearts um it's on the nose in a way but it's also you know written using kind of like satire and irony mm -hmm. which uh ed and i kind of joke about a lot because sometimes we'll see people miss that and then have a really, really <laughs> odd interpretation of one of those songs. Yeah. Uh, and this one, probably not as much. I feel like it's happened before. Uh, I know it happens with Black Honey a lot where you can tell people sometimes they're like, yeah, I do do what I want. And you're like, uh, that's, not, that's, that's not really what I'm trying to say there. But um, yeah. 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 I don't know. This one, I, I, I like the sentiment. It does feel a bit on the surface like there's there's not a a lot of layers on this one to dig into um sure but i think i I think the whole kind of satirical device is what i was going with so um that's where you're getting any kind of uh kind of artistic plays just <laughs> saying things and be like oh that's a mess of things to say yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 that's why it's these little thoughts that are in the back of our heads are in our subconscious and uh I think at the time I was thinking very much the way that uh, the West and America specifically like looks at the rest of the world at times. Um, but I, I think there's ways to look at it in just, especially in the last 10 years, the way we've seen a lot of upheaval in the States, uh, just the way that we look at our neighbors in a lot of senses too. Um, mm -hmm. Just if you're separated by this line or this line, like, I don't really need to invest in how any of this feels to you um, mm -hmm. if it's making me uncomfortable. So, yeah, yeah, that's what's kind of wild. Like looking back at all this is I can to me, like, you know, 20 years later, I'm like the lyrics still just it writes true, you know, from a satire and kind of like observing the like the idea that binaries tend to codify, you know, and then it, you can kind of just make your, your decisions and then hold that view and, you know, kind of live in that you know, that completely self-centered, you know, way of viewing the world and kind of part, part of that, that part of this broader theme is just like, oh, it seems like there's a lot of kind of truth to power, you know, kind of, you know, mm -hmm. language, you know, that comes through. Like for me, it's like, it was in this way, the, the they and the we that kind of tends to like ride through the whole album. Like it starts here. It's with like, it's hard to separate your identity, your face, your voice. And then if you don't know it's satire, Mm. Then it's like, well, who, you know, like, who are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, what's, who, who was in your mind, you know, when you were writing this? Like, was it, did it feel general or I'm actually curious about that? Like, was there, 
did any what what kind of triggered you know kind of the even writing writing this out that is hard to remember um that would actually probably be good context but i don't i don't know exactly um but it's just i think getting at the the way that being comfortable in a certain place can make you complacent about a lot of things and in this case you know it's looking at how uh, and we, we'll get into this more a little later, but it it makes me think of uh, David Dark and the whole uh, Robot Soft Exorcism, which explored mm-hmm. on the, the latest uh, record, Horizons East. But that idea that you know we are part of these larger systems, and they are sometimes things that give us things we want, uh, power, or security, or comfort. Uh, mm-hmm. But we also then are responsible for them so um mm-hmm. yeah we'll come back to that on the the last song especially but yeah um there's a there's a there's a connection and a, a burden of, of responsibility that that we bear for the systems that we inhabit yeah let's do uh under killing moon so this one i feel like this <laughs> it gets at a like there's there's definitely songs that get at this idea here of like um and and they're all kind of coming from different places a little bit but you know it's this song about kind of a witch hunt and a witch burning and hey you can stay out of this if you keep your mouth shut like if you don't speak up to the thing that's happening um you're gonna be fine you know uh and so fire breather uh is i think very almost like a sister song to this where mm. this one kind of has this bigger picture and i feel like fire breather is kind of more like internally what mm. uh that feeling is like yeah uh, but it's i mean essentially the same the same idea that they're getting burnt to the stake kind of thing for mm. saying the thing that uh somebody doesn't want you to say yeah um but i like that this one kind of paints this external picture in a sense. And uh, like reading back through it, I was like, oh man, like like I feel like the nighttime, the like, I can see like the the light from the flames kind of thing. Like I think it paints like a kind of a, a spooky picture um, of what's going on. Yeah, the imagery on this one is is rad. And it's like, I love it because it's like it, it kind of, you know, like you, you mentioned it before of like, you know, you do a, such a wonderful job and you're known for your use of wordage and your know, cleverness and building mystery. And and then it, I remember we talked about this on a, it's like one of the second lyric episodes we did where um, how then like how it was, uh, who was it from Frodus was helping you, I think, kind of like write Nate. a little bit differently. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. With Nate. Yeah. And he, I think that was the episode. Like he, I think you guys were dialoguing about then how like you know, how to start building imagery that led, like kind of that painted larger pictures more than just finding like the right or the way that you really wanted to say it. Like this one, I think this one feels like you arrive at like, you know, you kind of like do a really good job of actually like painting this like picture and bringing people into it. And then it's just, and then you're kind of giving them this prose of a, of a challenge and a thought of just like, you know, here's like, here's what it is. You know, it's like either, either go or don't go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nate was always encouraging me to, uh, yeah, focus on the imagery that I'm creating because that's gonna, it's gonna go further. It's gonna allow for more layers and nuance. Um, I take that to heart. I met Nate 
when uh, I guess maybe it was right before we recorded this record, but I met him through. Uh, he was friends with Brian McTurn too, who recorded, uh, we, and we watched our Weapons in the Sea, which was an amazing Frodo's record that everyone should listen to. Uh, we covered a song from that on the Alchemy Index. Um, yeah, another <laughs> random funny fact about the song: the title "Under Killing Moon" uh, I lifted from an old video game that I played when I was a kid. Um, so I was probably 13 when it came out. Yeah. Um, called under a killing moon. And it was this weird, I just I tripped out today cause I, I looked it up and it's this weird kind of like a little bit of like a blade runnery, like society, but it's this like a uh, detective noir kind of thing. And it's yeah. a really like game that they're, they're like pixelating real humans into these digital scenes that are not, you know, great. It's a ve- it's like a weird look. So it's like they filmed people and then had the computer kind of pixelate them oh, into it. Oh yeah. And they're talking and it's very awkward and it's 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 strange. Uh so you're like it's like an RPG like you're going through and like investigating and clicking and it's yeah i'm looking uh, at images of it right now this is bizarre <laughs> but it's like i mean at that time it was this really weirdly immersive thing i remember playing and being like this is crazy and then uh i just always liked that that phrase um yeah so yeah oh i think uh something to like be aware of with this kind of i guess flavor or whatever is i think it's easy <laughs> it's easy for people to be like yeah I'm, uh, I'm, I'm being persecuted for what I'm saying or whatever. And a lot of times, like, you gotta be aware of like, what, like, what is the motivation of you thinking this way? Like, because a lot of times when we say something and speak up, you know, uh, so to speak, uh, we're actually just signaling to like a community mm-hmm. that we're a part of that, like, we're part of the community. Like, and so I get security and I get status by saying this thing, right. like, that's not that's not persecution. That's not like, and so a lot of times, you know, you're imagining yourself being the one, you know, at the stake when oftentimes you're actually saying something as part of the mob who is yeah. burning something <laughs> at the stake. Uh, and like, the Man, I'm so persecuted. And then you're, uh, as you light someone else on fire. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Examine hmm. yourself. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fire shining groom in that song. That's a nice little line. It's funny too, like because at the time, you know, this album was dropping. Um, you guys kind of talked about it on one of the one of the episodes of like it wasn't for this. It was like one of the B side songs, I think Eclipse or whatever it was. But how it was just like it was a song that sounded like what you guys were supposed to sound like at the time, right? Mm. So I think it's this is one of those songs where like the line will watch the witches burn paired with the music you know it just it had it like kind of hits that way you know it's like it kind of it it feels like oh that sounds like something you should sing or scream because of the way this song sounds like at this part yeah it kind of well, like, that's you know not a bad thing no and it's not a bad thing at all <laughs> yeah at all and so it's kind of but it's it's funny because like i you know because you hear that line like oh yeah that's that line to like that song but it's funny because the the punchline, you know, it's, 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 it's layered, you know, like there's so much more that's like being asked here versus like, just kind of the, like, wait, what does that even mean? Like, what, like, what are we, what are we saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, it is, yeah. yeah, definitely like, again, in this song, like you have this heavy kind of line being sung that's 
actually the thing you're like don't do this this is not right <laughs> which, which can be confusing i guess right, uh, yeah because like you're like i want to yell this thing but you're also yeah. like but i want to keep in mind that i don't want to do this um <laughs> right it's like yeah let's do that wait oh wait we're not supposed to do yeah. that okay. well i think that's the hard <laughs> it's one of the hardest things i think about writing lyrics for a you know oftentimes aggressive uh band musically is that You've got to find things that you can sing about that make sense in that context. Right. And so you got to you got to cre get creative, you know. So yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's how that came out. left is all that's left uh this was the first single from the original record um and we talked about this i think a little bit on one of the other episodes but we had to shift the lyrics a little bit because 9 11 had happened mm -hmm. and there was just a bunch of stuff they would not play on the radio yeah and so everyone was being really careful about it um and so because the label wanted to make this the first single originally it was just saying the chorus started with we are we are the dead um and it like repeated again and uh it was kind of like the hook of the song and then yeah. it got relegated to just like the end of the chorus um yeah which the, the only bummer for me is like i didn't for whatever reason like a ghost is all that's left as like the start of the chorus just never like felt like as grabby to me hmm. um i don't know there was something to me was like kind of a, a aggressively like pushing you to be introspective about like wait what is this talking about like i was trying to think about like i can't remember why i wrote this song like i don't in the sense of like i don't remember like what inspired it like i can mm. look at it now and it's i think it's interesting and um at least at this point in my life like what i read into it is i mean there's definitely like these questions in there about um transitioning out of you know uh, some kind of youthful understanding of the world. Uh, in summer's past, we'd challenge fate with higher pitch and perfect aim. Um, so there's this like transitionary thing into something else, right? And I'm imagining maybe that's that was what was inspiring, but I don't know the specifics. Um, hmm. But I like that idea of trying to realize like or think about what were those things? What what did we lose? And are they gone? Like you know, the song ends with can we can we be saved? Like is there a way yeah. out of like losing certain things because there's you know there's wisdom and and when you grow up and gain understanding about certain things but um mm. there's kind of a petrifying practicality that can surface and uh i think that's what's being got at when we held our hearts over the flame this like kind of uh what do you call that when you burn a wound uh um, cauterize cauterize yeah that's cauterizing um yeah, as we encounter the harshness of reality at times, and uh, mm -hmm. it's it's easier to maybe close off ourselves. So, hmm. um, yeah, yeah, like it kind of. This was one of the the songs in my notes that like it felt like it was getting at like some underlying feeling of 
of loss and like disappointment you know like it's kind of because it's like with with a line like a ghost is all that's left it feels like that's a conclusive line of the present where it's like this is like i'm an empty it feels like i'm a shell Mm -hmm. and everything exists everything i valued and cared about pre-existed just with the with the way the song kind of unfolds because then it kind of ends with uh you know those lines of skepticism you know like the you know losing our faith like you know kind of we dug early graves you know like everything's dead and can we be saved like is there something is there something more that's in the future you know or is this it? is this all we get yeah you know I like, it's like i like the ghost thing because i feel like it is there's a there's almost something that's haunting you still about mm-hmm. what could be still uh um, yeah things that you did dream of um this is yeah. actually making me think of uh uh, she'll maybe hate me for saying this, but uh, my wife is uh, taking drum lessons, which is awesome. Uh, that is awesome. One of my kids is too, but my wife's like, I feel like I'm going to do it. I was like, do it. Um, so she's playing drums and it's really cool. And it, she got told like when she was a kid, like in junior high, tried to join the drum thing at junior high. And, and the guy's like, I don't teach girls drums. <laughs> like just wild. Um, and uh so yeah, uh, I feel like that's a good. Hmm. She's like uh, she's taking it back. She's not she's not being satisfied with uh, yeah being shut down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Take it, take it, and shove it back to that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's like one of those stories where I'm like thankful uh, very much for how far things have have come in uh, thirty years or whatever. I'm I'm curious about this line. You know, a light we loved but never named, but the answers, like, never came. Like, what do you think is going on there? I don't know. I do like that line, though. Uh, yeah, me too. A light we loved but never named, because I think that's something I still really resonate with in the idea that there's a thing present there that's beautiful, that's uh, life-giving in some sense. And hmm. sometimes to name something is to shrink it, to cage it, Um and there's something about that. There's a mystery in that light. That's you know, it's it's loved, but it's not um, it's not conquered. It's not uh, you know, you're not taking a substitute for it and calling it the same thing. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's cool. All right, next song is Silhouette. So the origin of the song. I've talked about this before, but I don't know where. Um, like the very beginnings of it, I wrote my wife uh, a postcard. And it was from Texas, I think. And it had a like a truck and a sunset on it. And I was on tour and I sent it to her. And I I wrote a good portion of these lyrics, like as a poem uh, to her and sent it back. And <laughs> like I'd say like half the song was probably on that postcard, which is kind of fun. Oh, and wow. I, I swear, I think we have it somewhere, but I, I looked for it today. I was going to... Uh, show the camera for Alliance yeah, folks, but cool. I, could, I can't find it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of fun. Um, so there's this idea, and I think the postcard made me think about like, like I had a road, you know, whatever, and the, there's a lot of that going on in the song. The uh, Your eyes race me along the infinite synapse of white lines. Um, just mm-hmm. this idea of like while I'm out here, I'm still connected to you. Um, again, I think a lot of this song uh, is getting at the way that people are interwoven into each other at a certain point, like in your relationships mm. that you change each other, that you can help each other grow and be better. Um, so you're getting at that with like, uh, 
for like your eyes forge diamonds from the coal. Um, but there's also like a, there can be a, a pain to that. I think just because we're, we're hesitant to change, um, mm -hmm. and change is hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I know, I noticed, um, the line, your eyes resting in flame and I'm, I feel like I'm 95% sure that I was a little bit riffing on the eye of Sauron there. Uh, not in, <laughs> not in a, uh, the meaning of it, but I, I think like, I remember, I think I was reading Lord of the Rings for the, maybe not the first time. I don't know. It's possible it was the first time, but I had mm -hmm. a copy of it there when I was, uh, recording that record and was reading it. So I, I feel like that's yeah, an, an Easter snuck egg. its way in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone could read this as almost like a lurking, you know, of like someone that's under like the pressure of a certain kind of relationship though, too, you know, maybe like a, an over oppressive parent or like, you know, kind of like that existence. It's almost like you can't escape like some of the gaze that, you know, but that also like confronts them of a, with a sense of, um, that kind of almost like breaks down whatever they continue to know about reality because of this connection to like, kind of like that, that outside thing. Cause it's a, the, the, your, I mean, yeah, obviously the, the entire like theme of, of your eyes, like that, that speaks to an intimacy of something that like any one person might be looking to another person, even whether it's like a deity or a real person or father or like some kind of figure. As I was like, as I was like reading through and listening to it, I was kind of like, Oh, is this like, is this a Psalm about like feeling under the pressure of something and trying to break through that or like it's, but it's interesting seeing is like, Oh no, it's like, there's a, the idea of it being more of a love song in a way where it, it, it talks about like that interweaving of change and, and the entire displacement of like who we were before to who we are now. Once we kind of step into those things is, um, is a wonderful juxtaposition of, uh, even how kind of my mind where it was going with it just on a face value. Yeah. You know I, mean? I think, um, yeah, the idea like that, your eyes slit the throat of all I know about myself in this life. Like that's yeah. like, I think yeah, you could definitely read that in, in different ways, but I, I, I picture it kind of getting at that, just that challenge of the way that your kind of ego gets confronted as you, uh, become more and more, uh, uh deeply involved with another person. Yeah. I don't know. I like this one. I think it's one of my yeah. favorites from, from the record. I mean, both musically, but I, I like, uh, the lyrics overall. There's some fun, fun little lines in there. The infinite uh, synapse of white lines, and then while chasing the dawn with storybook syntax, mm -hmm. like I think that's that's fun. Um, the the one line that I always kind of laugh at in here is uh, so it says your eyes resting like flame, arresting in flame, leave me breathless again, like hydrogen split on fault lines. And you're like, okay, I get that. And you're like, or ten years living with exposure to radon, <laughs> which is like a really, really weird line to, to sing. Uh, totally. <laughs> but the point that I was trying to get at, which is funny, it's just because the uh, gas company just left my house. But um, <laughs> this idea of like, like, I like this contrast, even though it's a very awkward line. Uh, but like hydrogen split on fault lines, you're like, oh, yeah, this is a, you know, uh, an atomic bomb split like on the fault line, like it's, it's destructive. It's very instantaneous. Um, mm -hmm. and then, um, you have 10 years living right out. Like the, the contrast is like, that would slowly, slowly affect you. Wonderful wordplay there on, on the juxtaposition 
of those two things or or it's 10 an years living with exposure thought, to but uh <laughs> i don't know if it's a good a good line in a song but that's okay. <laughs> right <laughs> uh, nice buddy let's okay. um move on to stare at the sun um yeah so this one very much was kind of writing about where i was at at the time which was um kind of a bit of a uh, faith crisis so grew up in christian church and certain understandings of things and then was having uh, a lot of uh, just a lot of doubt about a lot of the things that i believed at the time um you know uh, went through this period and then later went through kind of the same things and came out in a different spot but yeah um at this point this is where i was at so uh this song has one of the i mean it's basically just it's a song about like i am trying to figure this out like i'm like straining to understand what you know what is the world about what am i supposed yeah. to be doing um and i need some kind of help in that uh yeah so it's going through all these pictures of what that looks like um but this is one of the songs where i changed a word uh hmm. in in it from the original uh, on the new recording, which I had started singing live, like just kind of popped up to me when I was singing it one day. And I was like, that's fun. Uh, and so instead <laughs> of, uh, so it says, I sit here clutching useless lists and keys for doors that don't exist. I crack my teeth on pearls. I tear into the history originally. Um, show me what, what it means to be in this world. Uh, and I changed mm. it uh, live to mystery is I felt like it was reflective of uh, a lot of the things that I've learned since I wrote this. Um, and getting at the idea that a lot of times what you uh, end up seeing and finding in the world, it depends a lot on what you're looking for. And so if you are looking for, so, you know, it, it says history in there because it's, uh, there's an idea inherent in a lot of um, Western thought in general, but uh, especially Western Christian thought too, that things are very um, like truth and big things are very, very rooted in like history in like, there's a, a certainty that's being chased after and you use things like, uh, history to like lock that down and be like, I know that this happened and then this happened. So I know that this is true. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the problem is the, you know, when you really put some weight on those things, sometimes they don't, uh, they don't pan out or hold up the way that you think they're supposed to, or that they, you, you need them to mystery. I think is interesting because if it, what you're looking for is no longer, uh, certainty about something, but rather openly looking into what reality is actually doing in front of you at the at the moment and in your life and encountering that and not going back kind of to the the light we love but never named like mm -hmm. there's something there that's happening and it's uh there's beauty in it and there's horror and discomfort also and there's love and all these things are, are kind of uh, coexisting in some sense. And there are different ways to, to try to make sense of that. And, and one way is to try to 
logically fit it all into certain boxes. And another way is to uh, kind of hold it a little bit more with an open hand. Uh, and I've found that mm. to be a lot more helpful. Um, and so that it that's going to shift uh, what it means when you say I'm due for a miracle. Like, what are you looking for when when you're looking for that miracle for that sign? Um, because I think you can get to a point where the miracle is happening all around you all the time. The miracles in your cup of coffee and the miracle is, mm. uh, and hugging your kid or, you know, like in the soft breeze that's blowing outside, you know, like there's, you know, like it doesn't have to be this thing that is shattering, um, something, uh, to, to be miraculous in a sense, depending on how you're looking at it. So, mm -hmm. I like that little that little shift. I like the song because I feel like it's it's a very honest presentation of what that can feel like when you're like just striving to to figure it out and put the pieces together. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for me, it just it needed a, a shift in perspective of what that search actually looked like. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like this album still gives relevant current language you know to things to tensions i mean there's you know we know countless people that are you know actually going through this very thing right now you know with mm -hmm. like their faith traditions and, and where they've been yeah um you know and like it, it is interesting to kind of think about this was like kind of during your first round you know if you will like you know prior <laughs> to other things <laughs> even then i think there's people out there looking for language of like, how do I deal with this now? Like I, I have all this like concern. I have these experiences now. Like I, I'm kind of in a place of questioning it. And this song is definitely, I think it's on that's actually like aged well in that way. And I think that's a great, I think that's a great word, you know, kind of update. Um, in that sense too, cause you know, history is, we've also learned like, depending on who you are and how you view the history, we also mm -hmm. kind of know like, well, who wrote that history? Yep. You know, what history did I learn? You know? And so it's kind of, it's interesting if, if you're kind of, you know, starting to break some of that down, um, you know, you start, it does kind of, it just kind of becomes a mystery at that point. Cause you're like, well, where's all the other details about all these other things that seem to be like they happened, but they weren't documented or they weren't like scribed or well shared, or it was like an oral tradition. And it's just like, there isn't people sharing these things anymore. Like everything in the past kind of, it just, it instantly becomes this greater, broader mystery. And it kind of like rushes its way into the present in that sense. And so um, I think it's, it kind of, it, it gives a nice contemporary flow to the song um, as it is now. I think you can jam that song now and it's just like, yep, still, still current, like still works, like still, there's people out there who need to hear this song, who need to hear that lament and, you know, that sense of reaching and um, it's healthy and it's helpful. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a, there's a hopefulness to yeah. it. Um, so I like that. And I like, uh, I like the bridge a lot. I feel like there's little spots where sometimes you can, you can cram a bunch of things and it feels good. Like it's like building, building and the vibe of that. There's like this movement to the music in it, in the bridge. And then there's this building of each line. So it's, I know that there's a point I've missed, a shrine or stone I haven't kissed, a scar that never graced my wrist, a mirror that hasn't met my fist, um, which always just makes me think of that old face-to-face -face cover. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that part. It's
Paper Tigers. Uh, so this one, one of the things I thought back about, I was like, it's rare for me to do the uh, second verse same as the first. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, we do that here. I think there's a slight change or something. Um, oh, yeah. Instead of porcelain skylines, we get shatterproof spires. Yeah. But um, I think that was literally like a we're out of time. <laughs> It's time it's time to sing this song. I was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna repeat some words here. because um, usually that drives me nuts. Uh I don't know. I like it if it's for a good reason, but Right. If it's really trying to drive a point home. This one was my fault. I was just I don't know. I take a long time to write lyrics, so sometimes it doesn't happen. Um So yeah, what's uh what what is going on in this song? I've read over a few times. I'm like, I yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, the last so line yeah makes sense. <laughs> it's definitely riffing a little bit uh, around 9/11. I mean, that had just happened. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the talk of the, the skylines and the shatterproof spires. And um, as far as I remember, I'm I'm. It's a there's a frustration mm-hmm. in it to the way that I mean kind of a lot of Western powers, but especially the U.S., um, how we relate to the rest of the world, which comes into play a couple points on this record. But so Paper Tiger is like a, a symbol for something that, you know, looks scary, but isn't as hmm. scary as it's supposed to be. But I'm using the song as a way of saying, like, the way that we're talking about these threats that are around or whatever, like a lot of times it's, uh, it's manipulative, um, mm-hmm. you know, even if there might be actual things here or there, there's a lot of manipulating of like what the fear is and, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, when we need more money for military, we need more money for this. And like, and then there's at the time when I was writing this, I was just like, there are bad things that happen because, uh, we wantonly kind of throw our, our weight around manipulate facts and manipulate public uh, understandings of things and uh it just leads to more and more problems and so the, it ends with you know we paid for their crimes with our blood um so you know our people who are in the armed services who mm-hmm. uh you know die because they're you know doing like god knows what because we're protecting this company that is you know it's just like mm-hmm. at what yeah. point like you know back to the the robot you know like mm-hmm. we are um responsible for those things too so um mm-hmm. that's kind of what i was i think getting at uh yeah yeah in that yeah there you go then that, that all it's not makes sense. super specific in in, sure. the, in the lyrics um but th- there's just there's a general frustration with uh, how those mm-hmm. in in power uh, seem oblivious to. I mean, kind of getting at a Bob Dylan, Masters of War, like you know, these people behind a desk are yeah the ones who are sending other people to right to die stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in a way too, like I guess not not to skip too fast. If there's more to think on that though, but I think. Um, hoods on Peregrine, like kind of, you know, yeah, that's kind actually, of, yeah, a, a yeah, good transition, just, yeah, it gets kind of in. The, I know because I, I've kind nice. of dug into that one over the years, you know, like I feel like that one is definitely getting at the same pretty similar theme, yeah. So let's talk about that then. Uh, Hoods on Peregrine, which, uh, if you do not know, a Peregrine is a kind of falcon 
that I really liked growing up because it's the fastest animal <laughs> in the world. <laughs> if you put a hood on a falcon or a hawk, it becomes very docile uh, and much easier to manage. So when you're not, if you're a falconer, you have a hood on your falcon when you're not actively falconing the falcon, uh, as it were. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> so the song is talking about, um, and this is funny because this is like before our current uh, media age and social media mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So it's mainly talking about like television and print uh, media. So you get the blue light for the television and later on mm -hmm. you get the, uh, the black ink for the print. Uh, but there's this idea, so it says, um, basically it's, it's talking about the way that there was more of a um, monopoly on information before we had these other means of like circumventing uh, institutions. And when you're a big, you know, media corporation, you have reasons not to report on certain things, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, and it doesn't mean that like, you've got like one person who's like, Hey, I saw this and I'm not going to do it now. Cause someone told me not to. It's just like the whole gaze of something can be, you know, controlled in, in very subtle ways and sometimes more explicit ways. Um, but the, the interesting thing that happens then is, is you have, uh, you know, the internet brings the ability to get around that block, that monopoly. And so you have this influx of information and then as we've seen, uh, it can create its own problems and yeah. create a lot of uh, false information that's very easy to get and then weaponized by algorithms that are making someone money. Uh, and so you create a whole new problem. So it's kind of an interesting one where you're like, hey, I was writing about a problem and then it started to fix itself and then it got worse. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, it's hard to, uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I'm going to shout out this thing called, the, the website is adfontesmedia.com, A-D-F-O-N-T-E-S-M-E-D-I-A.com. And it's, they've got like a, a media map thing where you can see where the different sources land on mm. an axis of like uh, how far left or right they lean. And then how close they are to just reporting facts versus how much they are um, editorializing. And so it's not, the point is not to be like, hey, you can't use media from this thing. It's, but it's to know like, hey, maybe I really like this one thing, but I should know like, oh, it actually leans really far right or left or whatever. And a lot of this is people's opinions or whatever. And so maybe I should balance that with something that's kind of down the middle and isn't, editorializing a bunch so that I, you know, have a little bit more perspective. Um, so yeah, uh, I've tried sharing this with some people to mixed uh, results, but <laughs> it is, uh, I think it's a helpful, helpful tool to have, uh, and it's not perfect, but it is, it starts yeah. to, to paint a picture. Yeah. Another app I've used that's similar is ground so that oh, yeah. It, it, yeah, same thing. Like at least like they're, they're th showing all the common and popular articles, but just giving like a helping you to see the sway. You know, so oh, cool. you can kind of like realize like, oh yeah, that is, I didn't realize I actually, oh, that headline definitely leans, you know, one way or the other pretty, pretty hard. So yeah, that's a, that's another good one that me and some friends have been using that. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say you have to land in the center or something. It's just to say totally. like, if, if you lean left, like 
and you know this thing's left like hey you know that now like you're like right. yeah these these are kind of some people that are thinking similar to me and i, I so i know that mm-hmm. as i'm reading this um yeah mm-hmm. anyway yeah uh, actual lyrics of the song uh i like the flip around where it's uh you think they're selling you truth truth is they're selling you out like it's like a weird actually there's a kind of uh poetic device that i can't remember what that's called that kind of does that where you you uh it's almost like a like a pyramid like it's working yeah. up and then it flips around and goes back down the uh-huh. and it yeah like the, it yells the truth twice in a row but it's like the end of one sentence and the beginning of the next yeah you know, a couple like kind of another parallel that, you know, kind of like it, it, it speaks a similar narrative, but cause when I, the first times I, I heard this song and cause blue light's also the color of the sun, you know, like, cause actual, like the, the, the color of light, as far as like Kelvin's go, like as a, if you're a videographer, photographer, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it's just it, the sun, like sun is, is blue is like a blue light and tungsten is like drastically orange. And so it's like, when you think about, if you transfer it over to this entire concept of like a greater, a greater washing light, you know, kind of like the, the absolute truth kind of like mindset of the whole thing. And then black ink, if we're going to talk about it as more of like a historical text, you know, it kind mm-hmm. of like okay. it holds itself in a way that suggests that like a particular type of group of people might use that overwhelming idea that like scripted power, you know, is is because and then all the lines kind of fit. Like it's interesting. It's like because I read it like that uh, you know, originally. I was like, oh yeah, it kind I of like it, it's more of like that oppress an oppressive, you know, kind of group of people might hold a you know particular text over your head and say if it's in here, that's the truth. And if you're denying it, then like. You know, it's like, then you're on the out. It's kind of neat. Like it's the, the idea of like knowledge locked in a tower and barons will hold the key. It's like the whole idea around like only the, only those who hold the most knowledge and the most scholarship on that thing really know what's, what's real. They lock up whether or not like, you know it to be true or not. So you're always on the outside or always on the other side, unless you've been brought into like that group of thinking. Um, and so kind of in the same idea of like, you know, it's just as long as you accept that or as long as they can pacify you with some other version of what they have, they'll still always kind of hold that power. But um, that's kind of for... I like yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, so... All right, well, you just yeah. gave me a whole new there. perspective on that one. <laughs> I like it. Nice. The melting point of wax. Here we go. Um, so this one's fun. It's part of uh, a variety of songs that I've written that are kind of pulling from a widely known like source material. Um, mm. So in this case, we're pulling from a, a Greek myth, but you know, I've also pulled from uh, biblical stuff like story of Job and hold vast hope or Peter's denial and like moths to flame. Uh, I've got Poe's short story, the mask of the red death. Uh, I got a random eighties movie and the boy who could fly in <laughs> yeah. a song from Millie Michelson. Uh, so there's something fun about, taking a story that's already existing and then you have such a, a small amount of real estate in a, in a rock song to yeah. really craft something. If you work with something that already exists that people know of, you can kind of, you have space to play with and be like, I don't have to tell you this whole thing. I'm just going to tell you a piece of it and I'm going to kind of twist that and play with it and get at a, a unique perspective maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than having to be like all right i have this whole idea and i've got to communicate it to you and then also 
find it, you know, a unique perspective within it. It doesn't, it, it, I mean, there's plenty of songs that tell their own story, but there's something fun about this, this idea of, uh, retelling something in, in a smaller sense. So, uh, yeah, that's fun in this one. And I got to revisit the same myth in a different song, Daedalus on, uh, the Alchemy Index. So, mm. um, it's a fun way of kind of, you know, this, in this one, you get the Icarus's perspective, uh, as he is, um, flying up and all the cool things that are happening there. And then it, with Daedalus, you get his dad's perspective watching him fall. And it's, they're very, very different right. ways to view, you know, the same story. Um, but this one, I originally, I pulled the title from a poem and I don't remember where I, I don't know if I read it in school. Um, it's by Brian Aldiss. Uh, it's called flight, uh, 063. Uh, hmm. and I'll, I'll read part of it, but okay. it says, why always speak of Icarus's fall, the legendary plunge amid a shower of tallow and feathers and the poor lad's sweat. And that little splash which caught, which caught the eye of Bruegel while the sun remained aloof within its private zone. Um, and he goes on to kind of contrast like that he's on this flight while he's writing this. And, you know, it's very, they're eating dinner on plastic trays or whatever, but it says but Icarus, his clifftop jump, the leap of heart, the blue air scaled, his glorious sense of life imperiled. Time fell far below. The everyday was lost in his ascent. Up, up he sailed unheeding such silly limitations as the melting point of wax. So it's great. Uh, and it was definitely like the inspiration for like, yeah, like I'm going to write a song about that, like that point of like, uh, the lift and the, like seeing what I can do and, uh, not worrying about the fall part. So mm -hmm. thank yeah. you, Brian, Brian, all this, if you're out there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Things we've learned from taking really big risks and trying things is that, I don't know. And again, I guess this, this, I would be only be able to say from my own personal experience, but when, when you fall after you've kind of made those big jumps, the falls seem to have less impact over time. I don't know what that is. It's just like, I don't know. There's something about just like the practice of risk, you know, kind of helps you like almost like maintain, you know, the fallout better. Cause it's like, it's not always successful. Like stuff, you know, does go wrong and stuff does not always work, but it's like, if you're not trying, you know, it's just kind of, it's like, it's, you can just, you can completely live in the imagination of, of the worst thing happening all the time. And, and mm -hmm. it's like that, that's the worst thing you could do is like, is let that overwhelm. Whereas like, if you go and try stuff and you really do try and you keep, you kind of like, you put persistence and diligence and, and dream, allow yourself to dream, give your permission to do those kinds of things. Um, you come to find that what you have to manage when it doesn't work can become manageable over time. You know, it's just in, and it's, and it's not, it's not as bad as you think. Yeah, you um, build you build resilience, and that's yeah. yeah. But I love the hope. I love the feeling of this song, like how you kind of brought all those different perspectives to to build that that greater theme. Because that's a, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of light in that song of like that feels like encouragement, like amidst like kind of the some of the despair in some of these other songs that it feels like you know it's like all, with what do you do about all these heavy things that are out there? And then there's this song that's just kind of like look at this kind of this beautiful moment of something that can take place you know if, if you push through and yeah and there's try, no try something you know, 
I mean, it says, I think it says in the song, there's no, there's no promise of safety. Like there's no yeah. like guarantee that this is, it's going to work out the way that you want it to, but mm -hmm. it will never work out the way you want it to if you don't take the risk. All right, let's do the next one. Blood clots yep. and black holes. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this is probably a confusing song, like at least from like uh, trying to guess where I was actually writing it from. Yes. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts before I say what no, I was writing about. No, you said my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> that was my note. Like when it came to this song, I was just what like... What is this about? Yeah, I'm going to... This is the, the most... This song brings me the most curiosity because I, yeah. I don't... I have no idea to process right. one out. So I think the origin of this is uh, at least connected to uh, Ecclesiastes one eighteen says, for in much wisdom is much vexation and those who increase knowledge increase sorrow. Uh, mm. so it's kind of the other side of, uh, ignorance is bliss. Um, yep. and so I think it just felt to me like just reading all the time and like learning things also just being like, this is all also bogging me down and like weighing on me. And like, there's, there's, I mean, there's a reason that's a, a saying, you know, like it, the more, you know, like there is a bunch of hard stuff that comes with that, um, hard feelings and questions and decisions. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's really what, I, what I was coming from when I wrote the song. And so it's, a bunch of ways of talking about that. Um, yeah. So it's like you're, you know, here's your new drug. So it's like you're taking something. It's supposed to feel like, like you think like, oh, learn more. It'll help me out, you know. And and, this, and in, in no way is this to discourage anyone from learning because learning is good. But there is a cost, I think, is what the, you know, the, there's definitely, yeah, I think a cost is maybe the best way to put it. Um so it's like, oh yeah, this is going to be helpful. And it's like, it might, but it also, it's going to cost you something. So this one's kind of, certain songs like lend themselves to be it's just the way that the melody gets set up or the rhythm that you can kind of do a lot of fun wordplay if you, you know, put the work in. Um, and it's, I have to tell myself, like there's certain songs that just don't, they don't go that way, you know, but like a song like Words in the Water is one where, uh, that worked really well or um, Beyond the Pines or like there's like I don't know what it is about it um, but there's just a way that I think maybe Beyond the Pines more than I like words a lot too but mm -hmm. there's just ways that you can start to play and mirror and um, you know use subtle alliteration and whatever but this one is is one of those where it's like it's a lot faster, but there's a lot of that going on. There's a ton of words and it's, it's kind of hard to sing it. Cause it's like, there's so much happening, but, um, there's a lot of fun little, like, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a word candy, like where it's just like, Ooh, like that's a fun little thing that ties together. And one of the lines too, that I always like is a, a severed head as sedative. Like, uh, mm. it's like conceptually, it's interesting. It's like, yeah, you're not gonna feel anything right. without a head, but also like just the the connection between the sounds of those words, the a severed head, a sedative, like um, yeah. it's nice. So I'm always like looking for those little little things, and if you can stack enough of them and keep a larger story together, uh, it can it can make a stronger song. 
Chuck sang on this song, right? On the new version? Yeah, uh, which was fun because it's very much the chorus is, is a very hot water music feel to it. Yes, so 100%. Having, having him sing like that harmony is, is just like, yep, there it is. That's, there it that's, is. That's what we're going for here. Totally. And that's, that's when I heard it too, I was just like, and it's perfect because it sounds like a hot water music song that way. Like, and I didn't, yeah. it's, I didn't hear that before though. It wasn't until he was singing it. Like, it sounds like he, yes, like he would have sang this song. So like, yeah, yeah nailed it's it. It's got like the, <laughs> it's got the up, like, yeah. and there's, yeah. you know, countless hot water songs like that, but yeah, just yeah. the melody, everything. So that was fun. Yeah, that's really fun. That was a nice little surprise um, when that when that dropped. I was like, oh hell yeah, that's fun. Yeah, it's interesting prose too with like with that idea of knowledge. Like kind of maybe as a, a last thought, like it's it's interesting to think about too though how knowledge for knowledge sake or knowledge for like um, if you're trying to build something can I think have two results too. You know, I think those those people who genuinely just love to read because it's just, it keeps flowing. You know, it's almost like the way that they continue just to grow in life and, and can mature. But then I do think there's also, you can you can almost have an unhealthy pursuit of knowledge too. It's just like you're you're pursuing knowledge because of like, you just, you need to keep stacking that, that sense of structure towards maybe the thing you really want to be true or the thing you really want to find or the thing that you really want to be there. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. in, in those kinds of cases, it, it can, it can start to turn into like almost like a, you know, an, an overly indulgent like process into which then it just like, it almost just becomes like, again, like kind of like what, what some of these words are even saying in the song. It's kind of how, I mean, like, cause I, I have some friends who are just completely prolific readers and like, they just love, they love reading just because they don't like the other things, you know, and they love like kind of just the knowledge building, but it's like, there's actually no perceived agenda about what they're trying to like say, like, well, we got to know, like, it's, there isn't anything behind it. There's like, no, I just, that's just really how I like what I enjoy to do with my time, mm. you know, and they're, and they're really smart people and wonderful thinking people. And then, um, but I don't know, it's, I think there's an, I think there's an interesting comparison around, like, if you kind of go into building knowledge, if there is a preconceived agenda versus one that is out of kind of genuine joy for the art. Yeah. Um, curiosity. Yeah. yeah. The curiosity. Like, I think it, it, it kind of births different things. Yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To be clear, I still like learning things, but yeah, there is there there is a cost, and uh, a cost. This, the song's talking about. sake the artist and the ambulance um so this one i feel like i've talked about it a lot in the past but i also still i think when we we're redoing this i somehow was seeing like a bunch of random thoughts on it and just people being like oh i heard it was this it's just like I, all these random things i was like i don't know where <laughs> be like oh, i know the guys and it's about this it's just like i don't know you bro <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not about that. Uh, this song, uh, at least, you know, inspiration-wise, was inspired by a short story, kind of a memoir thing. Uh, this is a book called, or a series of books called Burn Collector by Al Burian. Um I really want to read them again because I, I remember how much I enjoyed reading them at the time. Um, but they're, 
you know, kind of anecdotes and his reflections on, you know, what's happening in his life. Uh, and one of them, I'll probably get this a bit wrong, but someone they knew got hurt, maybe hit by a car on a bike or something, and uh, had to be taken in, in the ambulance. Uh, and I think Al rode in the ambulance. Um, but it, he essentially starts reflecting on uh, maybe he knew somebody he knew close to him, like was an EMT or something. And he ended up having to kind of reflect on like, what, what am I doing with my life? Is does it have value? Is my like art, my writing, whatever, like, does that mean anything? Like I'm not physically picking up this person and, repairing their body and saving their life right so what does that what does that say about the the value of of art and um i feel like he kind of ends it almost with like a challenge like i need to make it mean something like i need to care about it right enough for mm -hmm. it to to matter um which i liked and 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 kind of built this song you know off all of that um, as I reflected on as a musician, like, what is this, what does this matter what I'm doing? Um, and, you know, come to that same place of being like, I, I know that this can, this can mean something. It doesn't have to be, you know, so it, it does, it flashing lights and sound, which is a play off of, you know, the ambulance and also like a rock show. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there, there's something, you know, there's this flashiness, this loud sound or whatever, but is there like a meaning underneath that, that, that you can, um, embody, uh, and participate in. So, um, it's, there's something about the song. I mean, I think, I think musically, and then also just lyrically, that's always spoken to people like the, the amount of like plays on. Spotify are are wildly more than any other song on the record, and it's ten songs deep on the record, mm -hmm. and it had no music video, and it had no like it was never a single like, so it's weird like something in there is is speaking to people, and I think um, yeah this is I mean this is definitely one where uh, Brian McTurnan should get big props for being hugely instrumental in the writing of the the music and encouraging us when we were like hitting onto something. It's like, that's something you got to keep going, keep going. And then I remember this one being like, I'd kept bringing him the lyrics and he'd be like, Nope, you can do better, do better, do better. Like mm. just kept pushing me back on certain parts. Like, and it'd just be mm. like, I would like, no, it'd be the line that was like, yeah, I know that one's not there yet. And go back <laughs> and fix it. Um, yeah. So big mm. props to Brian. Um, I think, Oh, and this is the other song where, I changed a lyric because I changed it live. And I, this one I changed live a long time ago. Um, but originally it says, can we pick you off the ground? Like near the end. Um, mm -hmm. And I started singing, you can pick me off the ground because there's this participatory nature to playing music live where everyone is a part of it. And, and the people gathered there to sing along are now also doing for me what I've done in like writing the song and sharing it and like, it's a like a give and take and it's it's lovely so yeah uh, yeah so i put that in in the actual lyrics when we sang it this time around yeah 
Yeah, I love that. That's a like I kind of in the pre notes here we have I saw that and I kind I kind of immediately knew like what was going on. There's like oh yeah, that's cool. As I've heard you talk about it, kind of coming to a better understanding of like yeah, what what this song is about and like that relationship between between art and usefulness and value and the introspective and the communal aspects of it and art media is like such an interesting like challenging thing like you put stuff out in the world and. It's weird. Like sometimes it feels like it only goes so far, but then like to some people it's everything, you know, yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. like, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wild thing to engage in and, and continue to like experience and feel. And, and then especially if like you're an artist that continues to do it and it feels like no one likes it, you know, but you love it, you know? So then there's that same kind of sense of just like, is it, does it actually have any value at all? And it's just like, it's, it, it can you know, even if no one likes it. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's kind of, it's sometimes it's like, it's necessary for self repair, you know, it has nothing to do with the other people in it. It's actually the, a process in which it's like, it's a self care thing. It's, it's a way that we, you know, survive is like, like yeah. that, that, you know, that, that way of doing it too. And so, um, but yeah, yeah it's always and been... I, have to, I have to remind myself like, well, one, someone probably connected this for me. I don't know. Uh, maybe Brian McDonald, but we've always had storytellers, you know, and like what I do for a living is like, like that's the space in the tribe that I occupy, you know, like, and that's, it's, it's an, an it has historically been an important position in societies from the dawn of time. Um, and so I have to remind myself like that it's never been, trivial like you can you can treat it trivially trivially but um mm -hmm. the song is about taking it it seriously in, in, a, in yeah. a good sense so mm -hmm. uh and just i have to remember that like my life is filled with music like it's so yeah. important to me and it's just like yeah. I, I have to remember like i get to do that for other people the abolition of man uh so this is named after i'm gonna try to not go on wild tangents on this one um it's named after C.S. Lewis' book, uh, which I would like to read again, actually, but I know that I wouldn't agree with uh, at least as much as I did back in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but his main kind of point in the book is trying to talk about that we need to, as a society, have uh, some kind of like uh, consensus on certain ethical things, how we and like actually instill those mm. into people. Uh, and so he was, you know, at the beginnings of like certain relativistic thoughts uh, coming into play and uh, was concerned about some of those things. Um, yeah, so there's some interesting stuff happening there. Uh, and I I would have a lot to to say to that at this point, but I, it's not really a lot of the point of the song. I think uh, what, I'm, what I'm playing off in most of the song is the idea that he's talking about um, he says this thing, uh, we're creating, uh, men without chess, like this idea of like that, like our brain is just kind of going straight to our, our gut and then like mm. being ruled by it. Like we don't have, uh, an ethical center that's like, uh, mediating some of that, which I think is, uh, an interesting thought. And I think, mm. uh, you see that playing out in society. I don't think it's for a lot of the reasons that he thought it was, but like, if you take the lines like, oh, so I, the the line we laugh at honor and are shocked when we find knives in our back is, is mostly lifted from that book. He says we make, 
Men without chest and expect of them virtue and enterprise. We laugh at honor and are shocked to find traitors in our midst. Um, which is a great line. And right after this, that, it says, we follow those who cheat and steal. And like when we like re-pulled the song up, I was just like, this just feels like it's like right now, like this is mm -hmm. what's happening. And there's something interesting happening where a lot of the people who would think of themselves as the most ethical and moral uh, in society right now, especially those in, you know, kind of established religious traditions, uh, are the ones who have been following those who cheat and steal. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and it's because I, I think a lot of times, and, and not just that, but doing harm to the community because they have, um, and I'm not saying Lewis was doing this, but it, it's almost a parody of what he's talking about, where he's saying, like the head has basically been elevated in these um, communities where it's like, getting back to like everything's about certainty and knowledge right so if i'm certain that i'm right about things then i'm just going to act like this and i no longer have have the embodied ethical knowledge that that lewis was talking about which is really a sense of like uh how do we how do we treat each other like mm -hmm. like being and and that's like that's not just a head thing and that's not a gut thing that's like a, an embodied thing of how we how we teach people to treat each other. And also I think what's missing in a lot of things is, uh, imagining what it is to be in a different position than someone mm. else. So like getting mm -hmm. to like platinum rule stuff where, um, and Lewis kind of talks about in the book, like a lot of like a lot of golden rule stuff where like you've got like do unto others as, um, you would have done unto you. Like that goes way back into all certain, all, all sorts of cultures all around the world. But, more recently someone has articulated the platinum rule do unto others as uh they would have done unto them which i think is such a lovely progression of of ethics because it it takes one more thing into account it's like like someone else might want something different than you and i think that's mm -hmm. one of the keys to moving forward in the world in, in this day and age of like in a i think lewis is also writing in like the middle of christendom and now we're in this very pluralistic culture and like I'm not saying that like there was problems in what was happening before. And so the golden room on the surface might've seemed like, yeah, well, that's all you need. But like, we're living in an age where like, no, you're living with so many different kinds of people all smushed together. And the only way to actually love other people well is to consider what they want and need rather than what you think that they should have. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that, mm. those are a lot of my thoughts as I look back at the song. Um, Cause I think, I think, Lewis is pushing on a bunch of inter interesting things and I, there are interesting things happening around it. It was, it was a lot of fun thoughts going on that I, I kind of want to write down or something. So, but yeah. for now, uh, that was my thoughts on it. Um, and the end line is kind of getting at that. He, it's not a big point in the book, I don't think, but he's talking about essentially like the abolition of man, like is refer, I think it's near the end of the book, but he's referring to like, uh, people through the use of science, like basically trying to transcend man. And he's like, by doing that, you're basically abolishing man, which I thought was an interesting argument for a long time. And, um, but I think a lot of that, it relies on 
a certain understanding of like a Cartesian dualism where like people are different than the rest of nature. Uh, and I don't think that's a very helpful viewpoint at this point. I'd be much more into a holistic and uh, mm. not non-binary kind of view of what uh, the world is and nature. Um, and I, I was just going to throw this out there if anyone's interested. Uh, there's a book, there's an essay in a book that I read, but the book is called uh, 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 How I Found God in Everyone and Everywhere. Uh, it's a book on panentheism, which is essentially saying if there's a God, that, that God is entangled and entwined with the, the world in uh, very real ways, rather than being, again, a binary, like totally separated from and then breaking into the world. Um, so it's a cool book, a bunch of different people kind of weighing in on there because it's a, it's a pretty wide bucket. But um, uh, Ilya Delio has one in there and she's talking a lot about um i think she was a nun and a scientist and interesting background um but she talks about cyborgs in it and it like kind of blew my <laughs> mind like the way she's relating so cyborg uh, so it's, she says cyborgs are hybrid entities that are neither wholly tech technology nor completely organic nature can be reshaped merged with an artifice or animal and reclaimed along new lines of informational flow and relationality open to new forms uh, the cyborg as symbolic of nature has the potential to disrupt persistent dualisms body and soul matter and spirit uh, so anyway there's a bunch in there that was kind of blowing my mind about how i thought about what a human is and mm -hmm. as like a i think like remnants of that that cartesian dualism of like like totally different and then you realize like nature is always always changing and and moving into new forms of life and to view what we are like right now it's like a static thing is uh pretty opposed to how i would see all the rest of that so uh mm -hmm. and that's not to say that because this all would play into like you know we're on the verge of genetic kind of revolution stuff and that's terrifying and also exciting and yeah uh it needs a lot of you know thought and research and all sorts of things but it there's amazing things that could be on the horizon too so yeah, that last line like kind of always like i kept i kept looking at them like i don't what is that you know <laughs> i think i was yeah i think i was talking about the genetic kind of stuff which i don't i can't i couldn't find the actual quote from the book on that so but i think that's what he was starting to hint at too in a way even if we didn't fully understand or he didn't fully understand like how that was going to happen. So. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. It's, it, I even, I even kind of like how it sits a little bit in tension in that way now. Like it's like, Oh, it's still there. You know, it's like the lines not going away, going away. So no, yeah. Kinda... And it's, I, I mean, there's so much, uh, I think caution that has to be <laughs> held yeah. when appro approaching that kind of stuff, but, uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Last song. Last song. Don't tell them we want to ask. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of coming full circle to some of the other themes in the record and the, uh, maybe not full circle, but it's, it's more specific in a sense of, I was writing this about, this does get back to that, that robot soft exorcism idea of like the things we inhabit and our responsibility for them in this case, kind of talking about uh, a lot of the black ops kind of stuff that happens or even just if you want to you know like look back uh further in history like just a lot of stuff that was 
not that black ops that was just horrible yeah. too uh that was like oh yeah we need to you know go protect uh, this company that and this is not just the states just any imperial power but you know so we'll go and put all these people in a camp and it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. what happens to them because we're getting you know the the tea back to england or whatever the hell it is mm -hmm. like um and there's people who are doing that and then there's the people back home who've got the tea or the whatever it is like and they're also in that machine they're also part of that mm -hmm. system um and so it's a push on like not just the people who are part of that like physically and specifically but all of us who benefit from uh an imperialistic uh, way of engaging the world yeah but i i like the it's like the the so how do you sleep at night when the lights go out and you're all alone with all the ghosts of lesser humans whose lives you've spilt to suit your own like there's a there's a heft to that i think and and uh it's not yeah it's it's on everyone's everyone's hands who's who's benefiting so mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's interesting like the you know the what does it really mean to like have consumer responsibility you know like how much do we you know, like, I mean, for what's worth, like, yeah, like, I've canceled lots of products in my life. Like, that, and it has nothing to do necessarily with, like, even how far, how far, like, maybe political involvement might involve, like, a small product. Mm -hmm. But it could, it has been as simple as just, like, recognizing that it's like, yeah, like, like, yeah, I try not to buy coffee, coffee pods, you know, because it, like, the amount of plastic used in coffee pods, like, absolutely, like, yeah, it's you like can, one of the fastest growing zoom... plastics, like, being, yeah, you can zoom it out from like uh, the song is like you know specifically kind of getting at some of these nefarious you know uh, military kind mm -hmm. of things, but like the sentiment applies you know at a at a much broader and more uh, seemingly benign kind of mm -hmm. level. Yeah, yeah, and that's like as I think that's you know as a way to probably like circle it back into like. I know. I mean, I'm impressed by the broader theme that I think the album like presented. It's fascinating. 20 years later, it's like it reads prophetic in ways of just like, dang, like it's just there's stuff here that is like speaking to the perception of trouble that is still trouble now, you know, and it's like and it's giving language to like something that like if 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 this authority were to keep going and to keep doing these things like we're all going to be left to clean up the mess mm -hmm. and we're all going to be left then to have to choose what we do or don't do with these things. Like, I love how, you know, you, you did, you did a great job with like the entire spread of lyrics of like kind of being able to say like, there is this greater issue and, and we, you use we so much in the album, whether it's sometimes from a satirical point of view or even like this broader human point of view that feels like we have choice, like, we can't just kind of keep going on without responsibility. Like we are faced with things and there's consequences and there's, um, there's just something to be paid for it all, you know? And so it's like, but I just like, I was, I was just genuinely, I think, like I said, kind of just like impressed that it's like, I feel like this album like reads like, you know, almost like a, a warning <laughs> to an extent. I think it's introspective. It's reflective. It feels like there's it's, stuff it's that's challenging. Now. It's uh... yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's still. Yeah. I think it's still challenging to me. It's earnest. It's uh, mm -hmm. trying to take uh, things seriously in the sense that they, I think, should be. Like, there's a, I don't know. I think there's a way to approach life where you can take everything 
very seriously and very unseriously at the same time in a sense like uh that probably sounds real woo woo but like mm-hmm. like what david dark talks about like moral serious like baseline moral seriousness like to actually care about and think through the way that your actions affect others um and then i think that there's a way maybe more alan Wattsian kind of way of like taking everything as play as well like taking uh, Hmm. there's a way to 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 take life seriously in a way that that takes the joy and and zest out of it too but um yeah yeah i think that Mm -hmm. it's trying to trying to thread the needle here cool well uh, yeah last line of the record uh don't we all know we bleed the same red blood um Hmm. so i like that it closes with that Uh, i think that's a lot of why we ended the record with this song is that it kind of shifts right at the end and like lifts and just has this um bit of like a a rallying cry like to like Mm -hmm. hey like at the end of the day like we are connected we're the same um and you know i hope that like bleeds back over the rest of the record in a sense well yeah cool thanks for uh, for talking about it yeah it's great thanks everybody for listening uh there will be uh another episode or two coming uh coming your way yeah cheers thanks for listening head over to thrice.net for tour dates and tickets for the artist in the ambulance 20th anniversary tour special thanks to our editor andy laura at andylikeswords.com